Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to the July 2011 CTSS quiz. And here we're going to have for you 10 terrific cases, so let's get started. This is a great case. When you look at the images, the first thing you say is, why is that image on the right have so much green? Well, what you really have to recognize is this is a dual energy study. And when you look at the image on your right, what you're looking at is the dual energy examination of the foot. Image on your left is the single energy in 3D. And what you'll notice is at the first tarsal metatarsal joint, there's soft tissue. There's also a lot of soft tissue around the ankle, which was high density on the non-contrast CT and axial and coronal plane. The image on your right, which is the dual energy image, shows what happens in those zones with that green uptake. And that's really a classic appearance for gout. Dual energy, there are many applications. The pseudo non-contrast, a virtual non-contrast CT is one of them. Bone removal, when you're doing runoff studies, is a second. But the third is gout, and this is just a wonderful example of gout. If you have a dual energy scanner, it's something you might consider doing. It has really nice applications. In this case, I'm asking you in this patient with hematuria, what's the best diagnosis? And this is nothing very tricky. When you look at the images, you see what is best shown in the image on your right, which is the coronal plane, an infiltrating process into the upper pole of the left kidney. Lower pole looks fine. You can see the thinning of the cortex, upper pole, left kidney. This is an infiltrative process. It's hypovascular. This is really the appearance of renal cell car of not renal cell carcinoma, but transitional cell carcinoma. You also can see in the image on your left that there's invasion of the renal vein. And although we think about renal vein involvement most commonly with renal cell carcinoma, it can happen with transitional cell carcinoma. The thought about lymphoma, lymphoma typically doesn't infiltrate Focally, it would be more of a diffuse infiltration of the entire kidney. Polynephritis is a consideration just based on low-density enhancement, but this really has mass effect, doesn't have the wedge-shaped appearance, and this is most likely, and this in fact was, transitional cell carcinoma, upper pole left kidney with invasion of the left renal vein. A very nice example. In okay, this case, I give you two findings, and I say, what's the best diagnosis? You can see one 3D reconstruction very nicely showing your repair of the ascending aorta and aortic root. So you say, okay, the patient's had cardiac surgery at the root. Well, what could this be? Well, it can be a lot of things. Usually, it's aortic aneurysm repair. Uh, but then I show you the spine, and you see the dilated neuroforamina, so-called duralectasia, and that's most commonly seen, but not exclusively, in patients with Marfan's. But repair of the aortic root and duralectasia together is going to be Marfan syndrome. Okay, Lois Dietz can give you some of the bony changes and can give you the aortic root changes, but statistically, this kind of extent of bony involvement is going to be Marfan syndrome. Ehlers-Danlos and Takayashu's, both are vascular processes, but neither involve the spine. Mary Ehlers-Danlos gives you large aneurysms, okay, in multiple areas, and Takayashu's is vessel wall thickening with a vasculitis. So just a beautiful example of Marfan's. Now this is a nice case. This is a patient who was post-trauma. And when you look at the images without looking at the diagnoses, you see very nicely in the sagittal view a sternal fracture with a retrosternal hematoma. I show you the sagittal view to make the point that sternal fractures are often missed if you only look at the axial views. On the axial views, you see a retrosternal hematoma. And if you look hard, you can see the fracture. And so I asked you which statement is true. The patient has aortic injury. Well, you look at it. The patient doesn't. Metastinal bleed is present due to aortic injury. There is some blood in the anterior mediastinum, but it's not due to aortic injury. 
main, the best diagnosis, of course, is there is a sternal fracture and there is no aortic dissection. So number C is indeed the correct answer. Now, this is an interesting case. I'm showing you two images, both non-contrast. You see what is a lesion in the right kidney, which has a rim enhancement and some central calcification. Now, if you ask me, what could this be? Is Could this be cancer? The answer is surely it can be cancer. And you'll know in a moment when I give IV contrast material. But here, I'm only showing you the non-contrast, and I'm asking you what statement is true. Well. It's not definitely malignant because it can be a calcified cyst. And in fact, this lesion did not enhance on early or late phase imaging and in fact is a calcified renal cyst, had not changed in a few years. You can't say it's definitely benign. It's a possibility with rim calcifications, but I've seen tumors with rim calcifications. Um, it may be benign. That indeed is true. So C is actually a true statement. Contrast-enhanced scans will add additional, little additional information. D, that's incorrect because the contrast-enhanced scan will tell you benign versus malignant because if it was a malignancy, it would enhance. If it doesn't change, it's benign. And so this is simply a benign calcified cyst. And number C is indeed the correct answer. Now this is a wonderful case, and this patient also had abnormalities of the pancreas, and in fact, if you look very hard, the pancreas is diffusely enlarged, and I think it's autoimmune pancreatitis. But I asked you about the kidneys. Look at all of those wedge-shaped defects, particularly the left kidney, as well as the right kidney. Interestingly, on delayed face imaging, this looked almost normal. So I asked you what the least likely diagnosis is. Well, the things that this could be, could be infarcts, it could be vasculitis, I guess in theory it could be polynephritis, that would be the least likely. The one thing that this is not is a flow-related pseudolesion. This is real findings, and it's vascular. It perfusion changes in the kidneys bilaterally. And then you think about vasculitis, as I mentioned. You think about uh, infarcts, potentially. You think about infection. Something, I don't even think about tumor. This doesn't look like tumor. It's bilateral, so I'm thinking vascular, but surely it's not flow-related. Uh, this is a great case, and hopefully we'll see more about this case on a future talk. Okay, this case I asked you, the most logical conclusion about the gallbladder is which of the following. Well, when you look at the gallbladder, what I want you to recognize is there's calcifications in the wall of the gallbladder. It's not entirely calcified, but it's pretty extensive, and this is a porcelain gallbladder. Remember that porcelain gallbladder is associated with increased incidence of carcinoma. Could it be chronic cholecystitis? I'm sure there is chronic cholecystitis. Could this be gallbladder cancer hidden in there? It's possible. Uh, TB of the gallbladder I've never seen, obviously. But the most logical conclusion in this case is that it indeed is gallbladder, porcelain gallbladder, and that there's an increased incidence of carcinoma number A. Now this is a great case, a very large left adrenal mass. When you look at it carefully, the first thing you might think about is carcinoma, and you should think about carcinoma just because of the size of the mass. But when you look carefully, the mass contains fat within it, it contains punctate calcifications, you see it both contrast and non-contrast, and that's a very classic appearance of an adrenal myelipoma. Pheochromocytomas are vascular, carcinomas can contain fat occasionally, but then have more dystrophic calcifications, have more enhancement, and lymphoma tends to be bilateral and looks shape-wise like an adrenal gland. So a myelipoma is indeed the answer. This is a nice case, 51-year-old, two studies, and the key thing about looking at these two studies a week apart is the right adrenal gland. 
first study, the adrenal is normal. In the second study, it's high density and round. And even if I only showed you the second study alone, you should be calling this adrenal hemorrhage. It's a rounded, oval, right adrenal of high density. Classic for hemorrhage. This shows very nicely how quickly hemorrhage can develop and how a normal adrenal can look abnormal. Could it be infection? Could it be a pheo? The image on your right, if you only looked at that without the normal study a week earlier, it could theoretically be a pheo on this exam. Could be metastasis, could even be infection. But looking at it a week apart, the high density, the oval, it's a home run diagnosis uh, of adrenal bleed. The most common cause we see of adrenal bleed is Coumadin. This is a great case. When you look at it, the non-contrast CT, there's middle mediastinal mass, and when you recognize the mass is incredibly calcified. You might think about a sarcoma, that's indeed a possibility. Could it be metastasis from like osteosarcoma? That's a possibility. But I'm giving you some choices. Esophageal cancer? Nah, it doesn't look like esophageal cancer. Although the esophagus proximally is dilated, but it's because of this mass. Lymphoma never calcifies unless it's been radiated, and even then, not to this extent. Lung cancer, it's a mediastinal mass, but lung cancer typically doesn't calcify. You get dystrophic calcifications, but not this extensive calcifications. But letter D, fibrosing mediastinitis, we've seen that is due to TB, can be due to other inflammatory processes. It can cause SVC occlusion. Uh, in this case, it's causing esophageal obstruction and a big mediastinal mass which is partially calcified. Wonderful case, simulating a sarcoma. You're always thinking malignancy with this large mass, but this was fibrosing mediastinitis. Just a wonderful example. So with that, I've shown you 10 incredible cases, just a real good series of cases, showing you dual energy and gout, showing you very nicely this example here of fibrosing mediastinitis. I've showed you a couple of adrenal lesions, including hemorrhage and a myelolipoma, I've showed you vasculitis in the kidneys, I've showed you a porcelain gallbladder. What more can you ask for? Well, hopefully you got them all right. If not, hopefully my explanation helped you, and hopefully we'll see you back here next month. Have a great day.